but sometimes I just wanna kick back and watch a bomb ass chick flick with my boys. Chick flicks. They make us laugh. Chick flicks. They make us cry. Chick flicks. Shedding light on the complex emotions between girls and guys. Unwashed kids carrying pants that travel. I forgot Q sack was in that one with candles. A pack of wolf boys take on some vans. And don't forget steps and no square dance. You complete me, said a boy Maverick. Oh shit, that's Turk and Ant Man. As if. Paul Walker's a dick for posing that bed. Who knew makes it? So I found my spirit animal in space When he dick punched the corner and pulled out babies Saying this aloud may sound a little crazy But this pod's gonna bring Alex love That's it like torture, revenge, and giants The sprite is a twine I'm not buying We love when that French girl poses for Django And Obi-Wan's pen singing Roxanne's tango Expensive clothing stores Fitness take huge The Joker camping I wish I knew how to quit you We're watching the good, the bad, and everything in between With color commentary provided on every scene So thanks for joining us, we feel so very lucky Let's make one thing clear We picked up Thanks for joining us for the second episode of Chick Flicks. With dicks. I'm your host, Zach Stein. With me, my co-host extraordinaire, Alex Schumacher. Maker. Uh, joining us for this episode is special guest, Del Bohm. Uh, you might recognize him if you visit your local Costco. <laughs> I live there. <laughs> Today, we are going through the movie Love Actually. So, let's go around and just kind of cover initial thoughts. Del, since you were the one that recommended the film, I, let's start with you. Oh, well, I mean, it's a it's a staple for me. Love the movie. I've loved it for years. Um, interested to hear what anyone else thinks. I liked it for the most part, uh, minus two key factors. Uh, one, the runtime of two and a half hours, and uh, it's British, so it's automatically wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my initial thoughts were, overall, I really enjoyed the storytelling. I think the filmmaking in general was very good. And I think most people would find something that they could connect with uh, with one of the stories in here. Absolutely. There's one of everything. Oh, and that's something else that we should probably address is, I know in episode one, we went through the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants in which we followed four girls and four different stories that were so intertwined and mixed up that you just could not keep track of what the fuck was going on. This one is similar in fashion of storytelling in that there are multiple small stories that are all entangled in one way or another. You know, I have to say, I, I have notes on this one, but definitely not to the extent as the previous film. Well, Sisterhood was just so easy to tear apart and make fun of because... It's not that good of a movie. And hey, I didn't have any notes for it. How many times do you think you've seen this? Love Actually? Yes. Oh, dozens. Over a day's worth? I mean, I've been watching this every Christmas season for as long as I can remember. Going through it, you know, I, I think this is the first time I've seen it. Like I said, I didn't really know anything about it coming in. I don't, you hadn't seen it, had you? Nope. No. So... It's really strange. It opens up with an old man singing a Christmas version of Feel It In My Fingers, I Feel It In My Toes. Yeah, kind of a, a classic love song. He's chumming it up to make it a Christmas song that's trying to kick off his career again. You know, I was surprised to find out that it, that this is, I guess, a Christmas movie as well. Yep. Because it's targeted around Christmas, right? And, and this song, the introduction of it, really sets up everything because the filmmakers are able to utilize transitions so well from scene to scene, tying these small stories together, 
with that song playing on the radio in the background, like and lightly too, and it's not always just blaring. No, and I feel that first song is important too because it kind of sets the tone that hey guys, this is a comedy. This is going to be funny. There were definitely some parts that made me laugh. Oh yeah. I my next note on here says Jesus Lobster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. The only note I took was sex dinosaur, and I stole that from you. <laughs> Then we, we cut to a scene where a younger girl comes home and she's telling her mom that she got cast in the, uh, oh, crap. Nativity. The yeah. nativity. Thank you. The nativity story. And her mom's all excited and asking her, oh, oh, what, what role are you going to play? To which she said she's one of the lobsters. And I didn't think there were more than one lobster in the nativity scene. <laughs> there were any lobsters. I mean, so, you know, it, it was definitely off to... On, on a good foot, I think. And then that's it literally jumps right into the nudity after that one. Yeah. I mean, not not the same scene. Like, the little girl's gone. Like, it's... it's <laughs> scene change. So, <laughs> Take off the lapses. <laughs> so, it's... Uh, uh, Martin Freeman, you recognize him in so many different things from the British version of The Office to... Um, the oh, Hobbit. What's the Hobbit other one? one? Oh, Rise the Hobbit. Duh. In part three. Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock. Yep. The Benedict Cumberbottom one. Oh, he um, was the token white guy in hey, the Panther. Hey, he was. <laughs> yeah. And he's fantastic. Again, 2003, like 16 years ago, just seeing some of these actors yeah. in it, like they look yeah. so young. Before they're... Prime and a lot, a lot before they were big. Well, I would say, them, I would say Liam Neeson was in his prime during this movie came out. I don't think uh, Taken Taken was out yet. No, yeah, and I think, think so. that's really where he. I mean, granted, he's always been in movies, right? But really, like taken off as a fan favorite. So, uh, how do you really just say taken off? Right. <laughs> 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 I gotta say, when I think him, I think Taken. So we see M- Martin Freeman, and it's it's really strange because he's just. Got a woman bent over against a pole, and he's literally just hip thrusting. <laughs> but they're both fully dressed. He's dry humping her. And we realize that they are, like, on set for a porno. They are basically the body doubles the lighting and sound people use to get the lighting and sound set up. And so these two, I, I don't know, are they actors or just body? Like, you have to think they got into this business somehow. Right. right? I'm, assuming, I'm assuming early in their acting careers, hopeful actors. And it took a really weird turn. Well, like, how, how fruitful of a career is this, too? Yeah, I don't... I mean, she still lives with her parents, we find out. Right? I mean, yes. I mean, Martin Freeman ended up on The Hobbit. That's true. That, so, yeah, maybe that's what you got to do before you yeah. get those big bills. Well, and it's funny because throughout the entire movie, their whole thing is there's less and less clothing. Like, mm-hmm. eventually to the point where they're both naked and pretending to have sex mm-hmm. so that the lighting people and sound people can get all of their levels. <laughs> and during it, they're just talking about the traffic on the way into work today. Oh, man, it was terrible. Yeah, and yeah, and this is over the course of weeks. Yeah. yeah five yeah, weeks. Yeah. Five weeks, yeah. How much poor were they shooting in this one set? Exactly. Well, I mean, I know some of the jokes that I've heard about porn stars, you know, like filming 130 films in a month. You know, it's like, that's a lot of dick. Like, <laughs> they work for the money. I guess. So hard, but, honey, honey. And that would make sense as to why they need body doubles to get the lighting and the sound levels, you know, because yeah. they're probably shooting somewhere else right now. So, <laughs> gross. Uh, it's beautiful, damn it. So, <laughs> Chick fucks with dicks. Then we move on to. There are so many actors in this that I, I'm, are so I'm blanking on, on some well, of the names. Well, Liam Neeson's story. Um, yeah. His love story starts off by throwing, putting his love in the ground. Um, yeah. his, his wife dies. And it's. Uh, Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> well, it's in the I, first like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it's definitely part of the setup. Yeah, um, and the way the funeral, it, it, it seems like a very weird feel for your funeral because it seems more happy than sad. And it's alluded that she had a terminal illness and they had a long time to plan for this. He's got a redheaded stepchild now. And he's just like. Man, fuck my arse. <laughs> that is exactly. with this kid. I'm pretty sure he Direct said quote. that. Yeah. <laughs> he does say that in the movie, actually. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen the movie in a little while, honestly. And I appreciate that scene more now. Because I'm like, that's a great father-son relationship there. Mm-hmm. They're honest with each other. They can joke and everything. And What, are you a father? It, yeah, I am. Oh, well, oh. Now they know. <laughs> and, you know, my infant son. And just imagine having a relationship like that with him. And then we meet... Who's the guy from the stuttering king, the the king's speech? Colin, oh, Colin Firth. Firth. Colin Firth's yeah. character, yeah. Oh. So we meet Colin Firth. He's getting ready to go to a wedding, and his girlfriend, fiance, I don't know who she is. Significant other. She's wearing a turtleneck sweater. Like <laughs> a very thick one. A yeah. very thick yeah, like very a wool. Like like I'm thinking like she's from Scotland and like is like shearing sheep somewhere. Like even an Italian mother's bony finger couldn't poke through that sweater. Right. That was a thick sweater. And then like a pair of his boxers, it looks like. So yeah, like I mean booty just, shorts. this does <laughs> yeah. not make sense. Oh, and she feels so sick, so she can't go to the wedding with him. So he goes, and the wedding is between Kira Knightley, who in two thousand three I don't think was a huge name. She was known in in the UK. Pirates was out. Was Pirates out by then? Yep. Was it first one was out? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah, very possible. Even with that, they they had to have come out very very right close to in each there other. to the point where, where they could have filmed they, this first, exactly, yeah. Yeah. or at the same time. But so I feel like she was always known for being that kind of cute girl next door, you know. Even. Yeah. Oh, I guess she was in Bendit like Beckham. But still, I wouldn't say a household name, whereas no. I think Pirates catalyzed yeah. that, right? So Chick fucks with dicks. Dang. All right. Yeah. So Pirates came out June 3rd of 2003, which is... Or June 28th, sorry. Again, right around yeah, same the same, same, yeah, time. same time. Yeah, Andrew Lincoln's in this, one of the main characters from The Walking Dead. And it's and it's strange to see him in that. I didn't realize that he had an English accent. I did not realize that he was English, if he is. I mean, he could be American doing an English accent or English doing an American accent for The Walking Dead. I don't know. Oh, no, he's, he's British. Is he really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's 100% British. I did not dig into that much, and I watched the first season of The Walking Dead. That's all you need to watch. Stop there. Okay. Noted. <laughs> no, it, um, I'd hit to get off course, but Walking Dead... Um, was only good season one, season two. No, I, and I watched none and I didn't plan to change that. Chick fucks with dicks. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Colin first significant other stays home. Let's see. Then from there we cut to the great value version of Paul Bettany, who I don't think, I guess he just wasn't a big enough name for them to get for this movie. But basically this guy who is sort of one of the uh, humorous uh, characters in here. He has this big idea. He, he's flirts with every single girl that he sees. His room, his friend that he's always with is one of the lighting guys or sound guys back at, at, the, the, porn at the porn set. Yeah. So I didn't even how, notice yeah, that. Yeah, so that's yeah. how those connect. Wow. He has, he's just loves women, but not in, a, not in a creepy way. I don't think he came across too creepy. It was just no, no. very, like... Desperate. Desperate, definitely. To the point where he was like, fuck it, I'm going to America. Because over there, those bitches are going to think my voice is sexy as fuck. Mm, and British accent. And he he wasn't wrong. No. Like <laughs> He wrong decided, all. of all places, to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, good for you, bro. You do you. He, he thinks he's just going to get to Milwaukee, land, get to a bar, and just mm-hmm. like, chicks would be flocking to him. He was not wrong. And he's right. <laughs> he was not wrong <laughs> yeah. at all. 
it, I mean, over the span of a few different cutscenes, you know, he, throughout the movie, it's his scene is very simple in that he gets to Milwaukee, gets to a bar, orders a Budweiser, the King of Beers, King of, King of beers, beers, which is a lie. Some girl at the bar hears him <laughs> saying it and is like, "Oh my gosh, are you are you from England? That's so cute." <laughs> And then from there, two of her friends join, one of whom is Betty Draper. They're like, oh, well, we'll have to go back to our place. You know, it's small and and we can't really afford a lot. So there's just one bed. And, you know, when it gets cold here, we all have to sleep together and huddle. So it'll get hot and sweaty. Also, we can't afford pajamas. (laughs) What the fuck do you mean you can't afford pajamas? Did you see? The economy. It's in shambles. I guess. 2003 Milwaukee was terrible conditions. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd be okay with that. Like, okay. I, I was dude. expecting him to get, like, raped or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, end up dead. Like, this trick takes a weird twist yeah, when we're watching something. Fargo. Like, Because yeah. she's like, wait till you meet our sister. She's the sexy one. And I'm thinking, it's a dude. <laughs> That's not how it turned out, though. No, no. Who, who was the uh, fourth sister? It was Nadia. From Nine. American Pie. Also known as Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Yep. Who then brings <laughs> Who then brings her Oh, yeah. And so she comes back to England with Dollar Store Paul Bettany. Right. She brings with her her sister for his friend, you know, the guy that works on the porn set. <laughs> and her sister is Oh crap, what's her name? Denise Richards. Denise Richards. And she just walks off the plane right up to the friend, just starts making out with him. And so, I'm just like, alright, dude, you do you. How are you so poor you can't afford like you can't afford multiple beds, pajamas? You can afford oh impromptu plane ticket back to England. Two of them. And not only that, it's because they're goddamn electric bill. Their electric bill has got to be outrageous. <laughs> they walk up to the house. And all you see are fucking Christmas lights. Like Griswold. Yeah, it's Clark, a Griswold house. Clark Griswold yeah. will be jealous of the amount of lights that's on this thing. Yeah. Well, no fucking wonder you can't afford a mattress <laughs> or pajamas. Turn the goddamn lights off. Chick fucks with dicks. I mean, that kind of wraps I, up, I guess, the dollar store Paul Bettany guy. Yeah, um, pretty like, much. I mean, instead of keeping breaking it, why don't we just finish everyone's story? We can, yeah. In the same blocks. It just seems so much simpler. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can yeah. do that. All right, so Liam Neeson buries his wife. Go on. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, the kid, you know, he's sad. He, he, he's, Why is he sad? You know, um, obviously you think it's because, you know, his his mom just died. You mom. Know? His mom died, and here he is leaving, living with uh, Liam Neeson now. Which is <laughs> badass. <laughs> and yet here he is mopey and sad, and, you know, Liam Neeson takes him aside, sits him by the River Thames, and talks to him, like, what, what what's wrong here? He's like, I'm in love. There's, there's, there's a girl. <laughs> I love her. She doesn't know who I am. And Liam Neeson is like stoked that that is the reason that he's been so down on himself. Thank God. He's like, whoa, dodged a bullet with that one. Guys, we are two weeks past this kid putting his mom in the ground, okay? Oh, oh, oh. And you want to point out that the girl he loves is the same name as his mother. So they're... Joanna. Yeah, so there probably is still a... Well, there's probably still a bit of grief in there. Chick fucks with dicks. Then Liam Neeson's story completely shifts in that he starts kind of helping the kid get over the whole love. Not over. Yeah. Dealing with it. Guiding, yeah, guiding yeah, him. Guiding him through this this time of, like, he the kid feels like he's in love. And it's funny because Liam Neeson's initial reaction is, aren't you too young to be in love? And the kid just, like, flat out no. looks him in the eye. And he's like, fuck, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so what does the kid uh, become to get the attention of uh, this girl? A drug dealer. 
drug dealer. <laughs> he becomes Ed Sheeran. Right. <laughs> All right, we got he turned into Ed Sheeran. He turned into a drug dealer. No, yeah, yeah. we both said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. You heard it here first. Ed Sheeran is a drug dealer. <laughs> He's a um, pusher. <laughs> yeah, the kid decides girls love rock stars. Mm-hmm. Girls love musicians. And the kid's like, I got it. That's the answer. <laughs> and like, okay, now he wants to be a musician. One caveat to that, he needs an instrument. The drums. The fucking drums. All of a sudden, this kid <laughs> thinks he's got rhythm. <laughs> but he's still white, so he doesn't. <laughs> he starts learning how to play music because at the end of the Christmas season, there's a big Christmas concert, which is also the same concert at which we'll have the, the nativity, the nativity scene, with the scene with the lobsters. The kid is like, you know, I, I want to be able to play in the band for Joanna, who's, who's going to be singing a song, which turns out to be Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. So, kid gets good, good enough to yeah, lead just enough. a basic drum line. I mean, he's what, seven, eight? He looks like he's 40. The kid then sort of challenges Liam Neeson to the whole love thing mm-hmm. and he's like you know I've been we've been so busy focusing on me I haven't asked yeah. you how your love life is yeah I know going. we just bared your wife but how's your love life right <laughs> your, yeah. li- your wife my mother <laughs> Liam Neeson basically is just like that's gone for yeah, me yeah there isn't one that's it unless Claudia Schiffer walks in and he says he's gonna fuck her in his room yeah the kids <laughs> that's the weirdest yeah. conversation yeah. invite me here you're out <laughs> <laughs> right if she comes here you're go- I want you out immediately <laughs> And the kid's like, yeah, okay. And he's like, no, seriously, because we're going to bang in every fucking room in this house. <laughs> including you, your including yours. Room, on your drums. Like, Did you just rub your nuts on my drum set? That's what I call me, the little drummer boy. <laughs> and he's just cool. And, and, and the kid's just like, all right. Thanks, like, bro. <laughs> Thanks bro, dad. <laughs> That's great. And then she's in hell, man. <laughs> so then we get to the Christmas concert, kids playing the drums, and it turns out that the girl is also American. So mm-hmm. she goes back and f- like she's going back to the States for the holidays and then because she comes back eventually. Yeah. Um so well, like to which airport though? To Heathrow, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the kid plays the drums. She comes out. And he, this is the thing that I was looking at is this little American girl, like, takes over as the big show for the Christmas pageant at, at this British school. And I'm just like, see, Americans are better. Like, that's <laughs> up top. That's okay. all I could think. <laughs> so, USA! Wait, wait, yeah, but have you seen any of those singing reality shows like The Voice or mm-hmm. America's Got Talent? Mm-hmm. Who wins? A little kid who can sing well mm-hmm. every freaking time. They sell. And, and Kelly Clarkson. Sells. They sell. Yeah. And Kelly Clarkson, but only because she lost ten pounds because everyone told her she had to. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, hmm. dude, showbiz is fucked up. It yeah. is fucked up. Afterwards, after the concert's done, mm-hmm. Liam Neeson comes out. And he's like, "Hey, Sammy, you did a great job. How'd it go?" And the kid's like, "Yeah, thanks, but it didn't work." And he's like, "Well, then go tell her." Fucking tell her. And the kid's like, well, but she's leaving tonight. Which also, the logistics of that just oh, yeah. completely Eve. boggle me. You're Christmas Eve at Heathrow. You're you're trying to leave after your evening performance. I'm thinking, what, your flight back to the States is at 8.30 at night? Could have been a private jet. I mean, I guess. There's... Yeah, I, I doubt it, though, because they did the last call thing up on the bill. Nah, that's true. And... They go to try to catch her out front of the school. They miss her. She's already in the car. Liam Neeson's like, don't worry, I know a shortcut from when my other daughter was kidnapped and I had to go get her. So <laughs> <She was taken. laughs> let me let me get you there. 
And they get to Heathrow and still didn't beat the other car. Because they knew a better shortcut. Apparently. <laughs> he was um, the villain from Taken. <laughs> He's like, I know that bitch. <laughs> so then that's where Liam Neeson helps the kid try to get through security. Guys, this is very close to 9-11. In fact, in the intro, the literally the voiceover mentions 9-11 yeah, like within was, 30 yeah. seconds. I was offended because they beat me to a 9-11 reference. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Never forget that. <laughs> you know, security at that point definitely much tighter even than today. Okay, but, it was so fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, did they tighten it everywhere in the world? Yes. Or did they just tighten it here? They tightened it here and anywhere that our international stuff was going on. Okay. Also consider that the President of the United States had just been there recently. So yeah. well, I guess traditionally your your security measures are up, heightened for an extended well, period of time around I guess that. the movie was only two years after it, so they were still using that whole farewell the airport trope. Right. It wasn't dead yet. However, mm-hmm. you were cut off at security at that point. Yeah. You could, it's not like in Friends where you could get through security to get Rachel to get off the plane. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. Ross. <laughs> Then Rowan Atkinson pops up. Some might know him as Mr. Bean, uh, who I I love. He had shown up earlier as a uh, which I got stuff to jewelry dealer as a jewelry dealer, which we'll get to that later down another storyline. He helps Liam Neeson block the view of the guy that won't let the kid through to get to the love of his life to Mm -hmm. tell her how he how he loves her very strategically. Oh yeah, like he's. He's looking for his passport, and so he starts taking off his coat and his yep. scarf and his hat and his briefcase and literally just stacks it all up on this guy so that he can't <laughs> see him. Liam Neeson tells the kid, run for it. He's like, I have a special set of skills. <laughs> so the kid is like, really? He's like, yeah, just fucking go. This kid goes from zero to one a criminal in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. He runs through. Yeah, he outruns all those bobbies that are chasing all him. All those bobbies. Now, There's... this is where in America, that bitch would have been shot yeah, been dead. Shot. He ends up making it, and he gets to tell the girl that he loves her. Mm-hmm. He gets brought out. Like, the bobbies catch him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, Jesus. And he's like, it's like, it's like, blind me. He's like, God, run. And so they guide him back out after he sees the girl. He got to tell her how he felt. Then she comes back out to give him a kiss on the cheek. All that for a kiss on the cheek. Hey, seven years old. <laughs> I mean, dude's a pimp. Like that. Yeah. He, he outran a bunch of security cards. <laughs> In oh, an airport, cops. yeah, those no, were yeah, those, cops. Are, those were car- cops. Cops in a major airport post 9-11. Like this, <laughs> one of the biggest airports in the world. That 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 kid's he's a hero. <laughs> so, and then it fast forwards a month. Is it a month or a year? It's a, it says a month. It's a month. One month later. Okay. And it shows a bunch of people getting off the plane, and he's there waiting for her and her family to get back to England. They get to embrace and see each other, and they're laughing and hugging. That's kind of how the whole movie is based, is formatted, is around this idea that, you know, a lot of people say that there's so much negativity going on. And one of the best places you can find, like, pure, unadulterated versions of joy and love is at an airport when you see people greeting each other who hadn't seen each other in so long. But that makes me think of the sign of dogma. In Dogma, one of the archangels is sitting in an airport for that exact same reason. He's yes. watching the reunions. Yes. Like, he doesn't know that she balled this guy while they were gone. They're right. just happy to see each other. Right. So that's basically that whole storyline. Oh, and somewhere along the lines, Liam Neeson meets a woman. He bumps into a woman that actually is Claudia Schiffer. But her name's not Claudia. It's not it's her like, as her. Karen. And they fuck right there. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, love wins in that storyline. <laughs> 
I think um, that's more lost in those situations. Sure. <laughs> lost, actually. Chick fucks with dicks. The whole Martin Freeman character, uh, he's the one that, again, is one of the body doubles for the porn stars. Yep. You know, that was my favorite story out of all of them. Imagine that. <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't even, like, the nudity. It wasn't the nudity. And I will explain myself. Uh, I want you to uh, give the rundown of the story, and I'll tell you why that was my favorite. Why don't you give the rundown of the story? So, pretty much, um, Martin Freeman, you also know him as Bilbo Baggins, and you know what they say about a guy with big feet. Um, <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Wait, they don't wear shoes. Harry No, they don't. They pick their poles. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so he's a body double for porn. And so is this uh, woman that he's with. And multiple multiple times you see her breasts, blah, blah, blah. She's beautiful, whatever. Yeah, that was a cool part. Um, but then, like, you know, there's a scene where they are acting out a blowjob, where he's standing there naked, and her head's in the way, and she's bobbing it back and forth. And they're just discussing, like, you know... Oh man, the traffic on the way here was bad, or oh, shopping for the holidays are terrible, but more British like, so you know, pretty lame. You know, while she's like, you know, giving him the motion of a blowjob, he actually asks her out on a date. And she's like, oh, I'd love to. And then they go on a date, you know, he drops her off, you know, he walks her to her door, and it's such like an awkward moment between them mm -hmm. for them to just kiss. And that oh, yeah. shows like what the difference of sex and intimacy is. You know, you can, you know, have sex, whatever, no big deal. But, like, when two people actually like each other, the act of showing each other that you do care for each other is more primal. You would think that the two who are body doubles on a porn set, who have been naked with each other for literally weeks by this point... You think they wouldn't would, have a problem... Would, would just have jumped right into it. Well, yeah. that too, yeah. But the thing is, it just shows that there was that innocence... The innocence of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. Definitely. Yeah, you thought it was because I was a pervert. Well, I mean, he did. Well, I mean, it is, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one reason, but no, nah, it, it, it was that. Plus, Martin Freeman's a pretty cool dude. He is. Going back to Colin Firth would be the next one that we've already kind of touched base on. Yeah, I feel we kind of mostly finished this already, though. Well, we didn't. No, we, no, we didn't even talk about how uh, Colin got cut. Oh, oh, yeah, no, we, no, no. we're actually my, about my fault. My fault. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, something else. Entirely. Okay. So, so yeah. So Colin Firth, we find out that wedding that he went to. He comes home early, early. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't go straight to the reception. He yeah. came home to grab something and check in and see how his significant other was doing. Who, remember, is too sick to go to the wedding with him. Yeah. He comes in and his brother is in the living room. Yeah. yeah and probably. makes a comment about just stopping by to grab a couple of CDs. Colin first like, oh, okay. He's like, hey, you know, I've been thinking like we should take mom out to dinner this weekend. I feel like we've been kind yeah. of bad sons lately. Mm -hmm. And then from the other room, you hear, fuck me. Basically. <laughs> She's like, where are you, big boy? I'm naked and want to take you at least twice before what's his nuts comes home. Jamie. And he just looks at his brother, and you're like, all right, that's it. Like, that's done. That, that's done. <laughs> I do like that they don't even bother with the rest of the confrontation. They just, yeah. Like, he was just like, it's done. done. Yeah. I'm done. He just leaves. Yeah, because the next thing we see is him at, like, a, a cottage or, a, like, a lake house in yeah. France. Yep. There's, a like, the woman that runs it, she's got a cleaning lady yeah, that comes in. Her. Naturally, he ends up falling in love with her. Well, but I, I feel it's important to distinguish that. They cannot communicate in any way whatsoever. Yes. She only speaks Portuguese, and he, well, he tries to speak many other languages, but he can only speak English. Yeah, they can only wave each other's genitals at each other. <laughs> That's yeah, so there's, like monkeys. There's yes. zero communication whatsoever outside of what could be pantomimed across language gaps. Right. Absolutely. So, and, there's, there, yeah, there's a language barrier separating which, them. Which means that the time that they spend together are really spent because he doesn't learn Portuguese at that time. Yeah. She's not learning English no. at that time. It's literally like the time they spend together is just their behaviors. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's what they are being drawn towards each other with. Because it's not just that he falls in love with her, but she absolutely falls back in love with him. Absolutely. Like, like you know, he says, you know, the best part of my day is getting to drive you home because he has to take her home every day. And this woman can't drive in France. <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> She says in Portuguese, like almost at the same time, like they're talking to each other, but they don't understand each other. Yeah. She says something about that her least favorite part of the day is when she has to leave. Uh, so, you know, it's just an interesting look at how, how those are, are being taken by each other. It's so obvious yet not. Right. Yeah. And that not to them, right? Like they, yeah, each exactly. other, they don't get yeah. it. But like an outsider's point of view, you're like, dude, because we, have, we have <laughs> captions on the bottom. We know what she's saying. So. Read the captions. <laughs> yeah, just read them. <laughs> yeah. So then he, they've got like two weeks left. So he goes back to England and she apparently goes back to Portugal. Yeah. It's, it's unclear. I was but, very yeah. confused. Like, why'd you get deported? Part. He decides mm. to learn Portuguese because he can't stop thinking about her. Yeah, kudos um, to him for learning Portuguese in like oh. a week. And then this is just crappy Spanish. So then he goes, Bree? <laughs> he goes to his family Christmas, and everyone's excited to see him. Yeah, Uncle Jamie. And then he's like, Yeah, I'm not doing this. Here's all your presents. I gotta go. I hate, I hate Uncle Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he dips out and flies to Portugal. France, a Portugal upside a, down question mark. A, a, right. <laughs> yeah, did he go to like a? Like a Portugal district in France. In France, yeah. Where everyone just wears like oh, you know, it's white possible. beaters. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is possible. Yeah. And so then whole town marches. The entire town. He shows up at the door and tells her dad that he wants to marry his daughter. And the dad gets okay, super pumped. He's like, You want to marry my daughter? <laughs> And I called this. Oh, right man. Here. And it was... I wrote this I like, down, it's too. A, it's a fat sister, and it I, totally and was. Enter a Portuguese female Peter Griffin. Like, <laughs> it's... This poor girl. Don't like, don't like, don't 2003. And he's like, no, no, not not that one. I, I want to marry the other one. But just the banter between the dad and the daughter <laughs> made the movie for me. Were you trying to sell me? You're like, no, I'm trying to pay him. He was like, <laughs> sell you. I would pay him to take you. <laughs> so then they, like, march down through town. The dad's like, I'll take you to her. Yeah, and as they're marching, more and more people keep joining this group. Yeah, people that were, like, sitting in outdoor cafes and shit. <laughs> and the sister kept saying something like, dad's going to sell what's-her-face to this Englishman. And, like, this Englishman's going to murder her. sister. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up at the restaurant that she's working at and expresses his love in Portuguese and it's it's pretty funny because it's broken yeah, definitely it's broken. broken some of the that the verb conjugation are, is yeah. way off but the, the point gets across she responds in English also also broken, broken um, with poor conjugate verbs <laughs> poorly Speak conjugate better verbs. than I <laughs> <laughs> me Alex me thirsty she accepts his proposal in marriage and I mean and then th- there you go and then it turns out that he is friends with Kira Knightley and her husband yep. and Andrew Lincoln who is her husband's best friend um, who we all thought was gay definitely thought was gay oh that's a good story let's we can run down that one oh, we've yeah. kind of introduced that whole thing yeah check fucks with dicks so with Kira Knightley and her husband you know his best friend is Andrew Lincoln mm-hmm. the entire time they're sort of setting it up as though Andrew Lincoln 
doesn't like Kira Knightley. Like, he resents her. Yeah, don't like her at all. A lot of it seems like it's because he might be in love with his best friend. He uh, runs an art gallery and, like, just a lot of There's these... There's a video that's hard for her. Yeah, a you lot know, of these things. And isn't that relatable? Like, if you're young and neither you or your best friend have been in a serious romantic relationship and then suddenly one of them does... Don't you kind of resent that woman for taking your friend away from you? Honestly, I've never had that. Uh, I'm trying to think of my first friends again. We were like, we were yeah, younger, too young to drink. So yeah, we were like 20. Well, nah, nah, never felt that. There were other little nuances here, here and there that made it seem like it was more than just a jealous friend, but that there was like a love interest. Yeah. Kira Knightley says something that like the videographer fucked up the video and everything's in like like a shaky blue screen so she doesn't have any good film of her and her wedding dress and stuff and again circa 2003 we are there's no instagram there's no snapchat nope. there's not everyone has a fucking smartphone to take a picture and upload immediately although she should just adjusted the tracking on that vcr and it would have been fine yeah no. what the fuck is a vcr <laughs> <laughs> she calls andrew lincoln's character her husband's best friend to ask he had a camera going the entire time and to ask if he got any good footage if she could see even if it's just a screenshot of her in her dress just mm-hmm. that's all she, she wants wanted. a good picture of her in her dress right yeah in her white dress and he dodges the question yeah oh I can't find that yeah. footage I think I deleted it and she ends up showing up at his house later and tries to like ask ask him for it with like uh, pie she wants mm-hmm. to like yeah. do Tracy's and she addresses the whole thing right there she's like look I know that you don't like me for whatever reason but I really hope that changes mm-hmm. I am a good person <laughs> and I mean she did nothing wrong no Mm-mm. it's super so like it's her Pirates 3 <laughs> so she finds you know the tape that yeah almost immediately because it's labeled wedding and sits down to watch it and that's when you realize the entire t- footage is just of her it's very well shot it's very well done she starts noticing like at first, she's like, oh, this is great. That's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. And as it, it moves keeps along, going, it keeps going, it keeps it's going. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, like this it, is all me. It specifically shows her with him cropped out, her husband. Like, it's all zoomed in on her. It's mm-hmm. all, like, the perfect footage, you know, mm-hmm. of every little detail that she did that day. It, that's when you realize, oh, he yeah. is in love with her. Yeah. That was a great twist. I think that was a, I, I really enjoyed that piece of the story. I'm trying to remember what happened after um, Well, the end scene is, you know, um, like... She leaves with the footage. Mm-hmm. Um, he he leaves as well, and he struggles with telling her. So their their final scene together is him showing up um, to their flat, pretending to be carolers. Yeah, because he knocks on the door, she answers, and as the ruse to keep uh, her husband from investigating, he plays a boombox. Yep, yeah. a ghetto uh, blast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of uh, what was it, Silent Night or something? Yeah, it was Silent you know, Night. While using giant cue cards, and which I feel is a very iconic scene in pop culture. Yeah, I, I got that as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to confess that, yeah, I love you. You're perfect to me, but I'm not gonna pursue you. Yeah, I'm not gonna pursue this. I'm not gonna mess anything up. Just, just I, I, let you know. I love you. You know. And now it's over. Yeah. The end. And he walks away. She runs out and does give him a kiss, she, but it's not a... It, it's not a, we're going to pursue this kiss. Right. It's, it's not a, a romantic kiss, but... It's a it's a friend kiss. Like, yeah. I it's definitely a that. thank you. Now, see, and I don't blame him for his feelings either. No. You can't do that as someone can. for how they feel. No. But how they act upon their feelings. Yes. Right. He's now, if he tried to break them up so he could pursue, that yes. makes him a rap bastard. Yeah. Check fucks with dicks. All right. So, next storyline... Hugh Grant. So, Hugh Grant is the prime minister. The newly elected prime the, minister. Yes, the newly elected prime minister. And so, and it's him, like, 
getting dropped off at number 10, which is where the prime minister always lives. Uh, It's kind of like their version of the White House. He gets introduced to like his staff at the house, Mm -hmm. his house staff, not like his uh, cabinet, Mm -hmm. um, including like the butler, the maid. And then there's a third person who's sort of in charge of She's fat as fuck. That's <laughs> just, just like an assistant. Yeah, she's she basically anything he needs. Yeah. Um, and she isn't fat at all. No, she's no, not she's fat not at fat. all. No, not and even like a bit. he comes to find out, first off, he finds her attractive almost immediately. Immediately, and he's like, "Oh man, I can't deal with this. You're the yeah. prime minister. Get your shit together." Because I feel they they make it very clear that he's a single unmarried prime minister. Yes, you definitely. Know, a lot of people mention that, and, and she she swears in front of him like four <laughs> times. <laughs> she says something about sh- about shit and she's like oh shit I can't believe I just said shit oh I've said it three times you know like <laughs> yeah. and he's well, like it's okay it could have been worse you could have said fuck and she's like oh thank god because I was really worried I was going to fuck it up and like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I mean it's just it's really funny and like that cute banter yeah, like, where I was like alright mm-hmm. like it's there right yeah. it's not forced it's none of this Fifty Shades bullshit where like no one can believe it you're like <laughs> I fucks with that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, through some just talking back and forth throughout a couple of scenes, finds out that she's single and lives with her parents now because they just she just got done breaking up with a douchebag of a boyfriend who apparently told her she was getting too fat. Yeah. And that Does no she one... thunder thighs? Yeah, like no one was going to marry a girl mm. with thighs that big or something. Yeah, th- thick as and, tree trunks. Oh, yeah, that's what she said. Thick as tree trunks. Like, she was not fat at all, right? Like, no, I'm not, no, not I, even a little. I was like, what the fuck are you well, talking like, about? She got, like, There's definitely a body shaming thing going yes. on. Yeah. Yo, definitely. Yeah, because you got like, you know, stick here and out over here and no one comments on how skinny she is. And then you have this... Just normal. Like, yeah, she's like, like yeah, she's, she's not even like slightly over average. No. Like, she might have like, you know, a big ass or something, but... Good. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. That's fat with the pH. Right, <laughs> exactly. So it's just like... We are aging ourselves right now, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Chick fucks with dicks. Yeah, so I, I'm like, what? Like, who the fuck? Okay, whatever. But yeah. they just keep, they 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 just keep adding on I feel it was a little forced, a little... Well, what did her dad call her? Plumper? Yeah, Plumpy. 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 <laughs> yeah. So then Hugh Grant, being the prime minister, has his first big meeting with the president of the United States, which is played by none other than Billy Bob fucking Thornton. President Thornton. Guys. You want to make the president as creepy as fucking possible, and it's not Donald Trump? Like, this is your next best. <laughs> nah, you could have gone creepier with Steve Buscemi. In my mind, like, that would not have been a good move, so... Um, I, I feel Billy Bob did a great job. Yeah, no, I no Billy Bob did great. Especially 03 Billy Bob, I'm like, like, this dude's on a fucking roll. Monster Ball came out around that era, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was... He was all bad Santa. Bad Santa came out. Oh, bad Santa! And like, I also like the reveal of him. Oh yeah, being president. Yeah, it's just like, oh, who is it? Who is it? It's Billy Bob. (laughs) There's a scene where they just got done with a meeting uh, between the prime minister, the president, and then like their cabinet members. Yeah, where the states is being firm as uh, we're not doing a damn thing. Right. You know, they are very just aggressive with what their points are going to be, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because they are the most powerful country. Because we are the best. Amen. America's great again. You know, thinking that they're just going to walk all over Britain. The prime minister is meeting with the president alone then after their cabinet meeting thing uh, to kind of discuss private matters. Yes, definitely docking. Definitely. <laughs> There's some docking going on there. That's the only way. Is it called red binding? It could be. <laughs> I think that's only if you... Ooh, no. It's like those 90s bracelets and snap bracelets, you know, where you snap them again. <laughs> 
friendship dicks. How do you know which penis opens up to accept the other penis? <laughs> the United States one. The United States. Is, the United States one is definitely the one that's the, just we're, penetrating. Like. We're the assimilating penis. <laughs> Chick fucks with dicks. Hugh Grant gets up to leave the room for a minute to go grab something. In the meantime, the girl that he likes, Natalie, is bringing a tray of like tea or coffee or something in, into the into the office. Muffin top is bringing muffin tops. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's just it. She's not <laughs> yeah, that at all. Jesus. So, and you know something is wrong as yeah. soon as he like turns around and starts heading back and the door's closed. Cl- not all the way. It was like closed. closed all, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He opens the door and Billy Bob is like, it looks like he's licking this girl's face on the, the opposite his, side of the camera. His tongue is in her ear. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks extremely uncomfortable. So yeah. you know that she wasn't the one like instigating no, this No, she didn't say, come he says, tongue fuck me. Right. He, he says a pretty woman, he can't help but kiss her. At that point, Hugh is basically like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, no. yeah, we're done. She leaves. Natalie leaves the room. She was definitely flustered, definitely very oh, yeah. uncomfortable. Very. Hugh keeps the uh, political correctness yeah, yeah. side of him together. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, the President of the United States is about to get dick punched. Like, <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Um, <laughs> I will say that's probably the most stern I've ever seen Hugh in a role. Yeah. Because the next day, they have a press meeting to discuss how the meetings and negotiations have been going. He throws, he throws Billy Bob president right underneath uh, the well, 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 first Billy Bob gets up there all swarmy, like, oh, we're oh, going to yeah. have a great relationship. Yeah. 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 It's like, this is going mm-hmm. great. We're getting exactly what we want. That's when Hugh really steps up and he's basically like, like no. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> we are not getting what we he's want. He's got that big dick energy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The U.S. comes in swinging like they've got mm-hmm. the biggest dick in the world. He's like, I got something to say. And like, that thing out. <laughs> Call that the Prime Minister penis right there. Breaks the podium in half. And like, he's like, any questions? <laughs> He gained, he gained popularity by his people, he did. by defending yep. Britain. Everybody oh, yeah. wanted him to stand up to America. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because they knew that, you know, the, the prior uh, president had a really firm stance on it. And now the new president also is kind of coming in and going, it's going to be the same. We're not changing anything. The fact that he thinks he can come in and take what he wants, not just at the negotiation table, but then also right. in Natalie... Yeah, Hugh Grant was having mm. none of that. And that was a great moment. I think that was one of my favorite moments. That was an arc for him. Definitely it was, it was a good one of the best yeah. scenes. Um, well delivered, well filmed. I think all in all, this entire movie was well filmed. The cinematography of it was amazing. Yeah, the screenshots, the scent, like you pointed out like there's a shot of one of the characters where like she's it's a very emotional shot she's kind of having a little bit of a breakdown and like she's, she's not in her the bedroom center. the the center it's her bedroom the bed is in the very middle of the shot yeah and she's to the left of it right and it's it, it seems like so much symmetry because it is because you got you know the drapes that all match mm-hmm. But it's perfectly centered. The bed is perfect, you know, perfectly matching yeah. sheets. Like dressers on either side. Yep. That are yeah, it's insane. all symmetrical. But she's breaking the flow. And normally, like I love symmetry. You know, I'm I'm all about that. But in this, I really, when you pointed out, <coughs> I was like, I really appreciated the aesthetic of it. Yep. And it was just. Yeah. A lot. There are a lot of those types of shots in this. So that yeah. So this scene with Hugh Grant was again very pivotal moment. It was because then in that same uh, energy of you know um, I'm mad. He does have her removed right. from the house. I don't think that he blamed her so much. I think no, it no, was no. the. I don't think he did, but she was a distraction. That's it. I think he it was because that he distraction gone. Yes, is that he knew he wouldn't be able to control himself yeah. all the time. And I think seeing that, because, it happened with someone else. Yeah. I think he was afraid of, like, look how easily that happened with me walking in on this. Like, that... Yeah. That, like, that situation geared him up in a good way this time. 
what have happened again a different time it didn't turn out so well then it's christmas time it's the you know at the end of that first five weeks and he's at home alone it's decorated he's got a bunch of uh, christmas cards from from staff from staff from fans from just random people and he's going through them and he comes across one from natalie who basically was like you know I'm, i'm really sorry about what happened I feel foolish. I want you to know I didn't want that. I felt yeah. very uncomfortable. He's the freaking president of the United States. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. I I was afraid if I acted a certain way, you would be upset. And but she basically was like, I want like want you to know I'm yours. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's when he realized like I'm single. There's nothing to lose. Like, I, let's try it. And so then he has his security team drive him down to. She lives on the dodgy part the, of the dodgy part uh, of some of, uh, of some British street. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a really long street. It's really. <laughs> because he starts at the first door and just starts knocking on the prime minister of, of England like just starts knocking on doors it's a new service and yeah I, and again it's that that befuddled charm right like yeah. just comes across and he uh, is going around just trying to find the house that she lives at he ends up getting to the house where Natalie is and her right plumpy where her mom and dad open the door and like her whole fucking family is getting ready to head out yeah, they're, they're all, all piled there. into the hallway. <laughs> and then she's coming down the stairs. She's swearing up. Where's my fucking coat? It was my fucking coat. Where the fuck is it? I've not seen it right here. And like, just really just tearing it. And I, I mean, I love that. I absolutely love that. And everyone else is just staring. They know who he is. They're oh, like, yes, that's they the She hasn't seen him yet. She, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden she just stops and sees him. And like, she's like nervously introduces her entire family to him. Like by name, not right. just like, these are my cousins. It's like, like cousin Eddie, cousin Victor, like whatever, you know. Then he's like, well, I, I kind of wanted to to talk to you about some, what's he say? Some business. state business. Yeah. Some state business. And the mom and dad are like, oh, oh, right. Okay. And he's like, well, come on, plumpy. (laughs) The prime minister needs you. And the mom like elbows the dad real hard. And he goes, I mean, Natalie. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's fat as shit. He is. (laughs) I'm like, this man boom motherfucker is calling. I'm just, I can't even. Not fat at all. So Hugh Grant, in order to talk to her, decides, well, I will. They're heading out to a Christmas pageant. The same one. The exact same one that all these other people are Where at. Where Little Drummer Boy's going to be at. Yeah. Fest yeah. Love. Where the uh, Lobster Nativity scene's going to be. Which oh. we'll talk about in the next, yeah. the last storyline. Yeah, and he takes the family in his cars. So he's got two cop cars with him, and then he has his personal security car. Mm-hmm. So the entire family is, like, packed into the two cop cars. And then him and Natalie and her cousin that's dressed as... Was that an alien? An octopus. octopus. An octopus. Yeah. yeah. With all the tentacles right. and everything. We're in the back of his personal car. <laughs> that's where they basically are confessing to each other how they feel. They get to the pageant and it, it's just around the corner. So it was a very short drive. So he didn't have a lot of time to talk and he wanted more. She sneaks him in through the back of the school because, again, he's the prime minister. He doesn't think it'd be a good idea no, he steals spotlight. Right, exactly. For a creepy politician to steal a spotlight from kids is what he says. So they get in through the back of the school. And the first person he runs into is the mom of the girl that's one of the lobsters. Yeah. And the girl who's a lobster and her brother who's someone else in the pageant. Yeah. Turns out that the mom is the prime minister's sister. Younger yeah. sister. Younger sister. Who looks she, older than him. But she looks like she's 60. <laughs> He looks like he's 30. A <laughs> uh, good point was made. She does have kids. Yes. So, and, she looks, and she looks like David Bowie. She does kind of look like David Bowie. <laughs> Am I a- Emma Thompson is who we're p- speaking of, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Professor Trelawney, for some of you. 
Harry Potter heads out there. Or Ziggy Stardust. Or, or Ziggy Stardust, if you want to go that route. <laughs> that was interesting. I mean, I think we knew by then that they were already brother and sister. Because yeah, he phone call, right? yeah, yeah. takes a phone call from yeah, them. Right, right. Earlier. Um, so he played it off as though he was there to see the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think he got a word in edgewise. She, she did. said, that, oh my God, you're here to see the kids. And he's like, he just yeah, ran with it. it was about time I showed up. <laughs> right. Also, she, uh, she told him, uh, uh, 20 years ago, you'd be just his type. Oh, right. Uh, about Natalie. Yeah. yeah, about Plumpy. Yeah, she, she warned her. Like, I'm going to call her Plump Nugget from now on. <laughs> Plump Nugget. <laughs> We're almost done with her story, so she, it's never going to come up She again. warned her, like, uh, you know, watch out for his hands. like. <laughs> and then... When he gets hands like an octopus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they are watching from backstage, because not everyone needs to know that the Prime Minister's there. Yeah. Um, just Plump Nugget and the Prime Minister. And okay. they end up... During, like, this big musical number where, again, the American, like, nine-year-old comes out and just crushes this Mariah Carey song. Right. And steals the spotlight at the British, you know, (laughs) Christmas pageant. And little drummer boy played the drums for her and, like, did a great job. And then the nativity scene went down with all these people. The Prime Minister and Natalie start kissing. And at the end of the musical number, the girl singing the Mariah Carey cover turns and points at the curtain and it opens to a big sign that says Merry Christmas with the Prime Minister making out with Natalie. With Plum Nugget. With Plum Nugget, right. And they're swapping like pigs. Oh yeah. And like just bust. Everyone's clapping and then they see what's happening and they all stop. But they play it off like it's an, an announcement right. that he's with her. Exactly. Yeah. They're on claps for him. And you know they, they tie it in with the last storyline that we're going to discuss which I thought was probably one of the more... Um, it's sad. It definitely is. So you've got Alan Rickman. You know, you might know him from Die Hard. Definitely. That would be, I think, the only movie I might know. Him from. That's he, all I can think of. Well, he was the Muse in Dogma, I think. But no, he was the Metatron. The Metatron, yeah. 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 Yeah, he had no penis. Also, yeah, no angel the penis. antagonist and Quigley Down Under. But those are um, definitely the only movies. The only he's movies. Yeah, he's more seen. of an independent actor. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. great, yeah. fantastic stage actor. I think he's alive. I mean, I can't wait to see him perform. Yeah, yeah. he's alive. Oh, IMDb told me he played had a small role in a series. He played a guy named Professor Snip. He uh, runs like a marketing business or something. I don't know. You don't really... It's unclear. I like that they didn't focus a lot on what exactly everyone did. It yeah. was kind of a... They can do whatever the fuck you want them to do. They brought right? it all down to the same level. Yeah. It, it was yeah, very much... It was the office building for that porn company. I don't sure. know. Could have, oh, man. That would be a great tie-in. Uh, so he runs this place, and he is married to... David Bowie. David Bowie, right? Who is, again, the... So he's technically the prime minister's brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. His secretary very clearly and openly thought, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then you find out he's married, right? Like, you don't know that at first. Yeah, you don't that know he's married. First. He's married to Emma Thompson's character, who played Professor Trelawney uh, on Harry Potter. Anyway, so we find out Alan Rickman is actually married, and he goes to buy Christmas presents with his wife. We also know he has kids, because remember, we've seen his wife with their children getting ready for their Christmas pageant. As the lobster. As the lobster. The kids are play, all played by Alan Rickman with, like, <laughs> just on his knees. Just body doubles. And just, <laughs> his face just in German CGI'd over. <laughs> Papa! I can still hear the screams, Papa! <laughs> She goes off to buy something, and he runs to a jewelry store real quick because the secretary asked him, are you getting me something nice? So he goes, and he's trying to buy this necklace, like, real quick. I mean, he literally looks for all of about six seconds, picks this thing out. Take it. 
And he's like, yeah, that, right and there. it's expensive. It was like 250 pounds. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but... Pounds are worth more than dollars, I know that. But, but still, I'm not going to go with drop 250 on a thought. Not exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and on, on a random thought, yeah. 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 Um, especially not one that you can fire and hire someone else. Like, that doesn't right. make any sense. Right. Well, well, your thought wife, you would drop that money on. Sure, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's earned it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is where Rowan Atkinson comes in, Mr. Bean, where he is the jewelry, like, salesman. Mm-hmm. And he takes his sweet time packaging this necklace. And he, like, sells Alan Rickman on the gift wrapping. And Alan Rickman's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Let's, yeah, let's hurry this it. up. Um, because he needs to get this done and in his pocket before his yeah, wife comes back. To which I'm like, dude, you're dumb. First off, you're going to get caught. We all yeah. know that. It's part of the story. <laughs> Second, just give it to her then. And understand that, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing this anyway. It's yeah, like, just, you don't have to do it. don't do it. Give your wife the beautiful gift. Exactly. And Eleanor just keeps repeating, come on, hurry up. How much more should so, there be? In, in the wink of a second. Yeah. It's not a bag. Of course, Emma Thompson shows back up. Before he can get it, he tries to play it off as though she caught him buying a gift. Yeah, for her. For her. They get home, they hang up their coats, and they go in to see the kids. Well, she's hanging his coat up and feels his pocket that there's a box in there, and she opens it and sees the necklace, and she she likes it. She gets giddy. Yeah. Like, you can tell, like, they're an older couple, they've been together for a while. She makes the comment that for the last 13 years he's just gotten scarves scarves yeah. yeah but you always like scarves they get to Christmas morning and she's excited to get this super shit. super pumped. excited and she picks up this this it looks like the box yeah it looks like about the size of the box yeah about the size of a CD yeah CD case yeah because it was a fucking CD case <laughs> what, what, was, what was the first CD you ever bought Stein uh, first CD I ever Ooh. bought was Will Smith's Millennium first CD you ever bought Dale that's what I'm trying to remember that's <laughs> well for for me, first CD I ever got for Easter one year, I got the Men in Black soundtrack. Do, wait, Will Smith makes up two? Of yes. Our, that's fantastic. Uh, first one I actually went out and purchased was Backstreet Back's, Backstreet's Back single. Okay, I don't know if it's the first one ever, but what keeps coming to mind is that bright orange shaggy CD. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, it wasn't me. Chick fucks with dicks. Uh, yeah, anyway, she, she so she goes to open the present, and it's a fucking CD. Yeah. It's not the Joni Mitchell. Yeah. The Joni Mitchell CD, right? Yeah. Not only is it a CD, it's a shitty CD. <laughs> but she likes Joni Mitchell. Right. And they not, not, not anymore. No, no. no. It's all going to bring up bad memories. <laughs> they alluded to that earlier on, yeah. you know. Um, and <laughs> She's about to get educated. And, like, before she opens it, he's all like, you know, I, I still got you the scarf, but this one is the extra Spe- special, special one. And, like, she immediately understands what happened, it, like, yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because... You see it in her face. Yeah. And and she knows. It's I think for somebody, from, and it's from not the, for me. Exactly. Yeah, because um, from the from the Christmas party, party right? Yeah. That took place like a couple scenes prior, where yeah. she saw him talking with her, you know, and dancing at, at, the, at the party, right? Um, where she had those devil horns on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who the fuck does it at Christmas? Or <laughs> devil horns to a <laughs> thoughts exactly. Dirty skanky <laughs> thoughts. You know, that's that's the scene where she excuses herself and she holds it together, especially yeah. in front of the kids and him. Like she doesn't want anyone to know that she figured this out. And she goes to the bedroom and just has a, a breakdown. And I don't mean like a... It wasn't an over-the-top emotion. She didn't screw her pillow. No. She didn't break anything. She wasn't punching anything. Just, nothing. She, the worst she did was pace. You could see so many different emotions yeah, she was going through. Hurt like, and anger. The, the hurt, the anger, the feeling like a failure. Leviosa. Like definitely Leviosa. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was... It, and it was just so beautifully shot and beautifully performed. Well, that's like, what the cinematography, that symmetry scene that we were talking about, That's that was the scene. Yeah. yeah. Of her silently having this breakdown while that CD that her husband just got her yeah, was like, playing. Yeah. 
and, and 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 that was another part of like you know the beauty of that of that shot. She not only didn't fuck up anything in the room, which you kind of expect her to do. Right. She actually adjusted the sheets a little bit because they were off a little bit. Yeah. Like down by the foot of the bed. Yeah. Because everything's got to be proper. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they are rushing out of the house because they have to get to the Christmas pageant. Yeah. They so it's that Christmas Eve. They all get to open one gift. So she opened hers. And that that's what led to this whole thing. So she's leading them out. Um, she's conducting the entire family <laughs> absolutely while going through an existential uh, a crisis. Yeah. yeah, again holding it together. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, she's just, doing it. Then we're at the school. She runs into her brother, the prime minister, and that whole thing happens. Once it's done, is when she approaches Alan Rickman about yeah in the crowd, and she asks him what would he do in her situation. Yeah, and he had no idea what she was talking about, and that's when she makes the comment about understanding that a gift is not for her. Yeah, I I, I love that she specifies like what's worse that it's a gift. Was it a gift in sex, or even worse than those, gift in love? I, I, I do, do you lust love her or do love you, it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and then the idea of do you stay knowing yeah. that if it's the latter, life is yeah. a little less worth it? Yeah, it's a little less a little worse. Mm-hmm. Or do you pack up and run? He just stands there. He openly admits, like, I fucked up. I fucked Now, they never really even allude to if they've had sex. I don't no, think they have. They definitely I, it, did literally, not. it literally is just the only thing that it seems like is that he gave her a gift. I don't think there was enough yeah. time even. No. That, I think he was contemplating cheating. Yes. I, don't, I, I, I don't think he was th- toying with the I idea. don't think he would have went through with it. I think he just liked the excitement. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's fine, but that's still cheating. And I have to say the interactions between the two, him and his wife... Were never negative. They no. were never. There was never anything there that made me think no, like they. But, but there was that right. No, but it was stale. It. I could. It was see the that. same old. It was boring. It was his every day. For this him, was something. She seemed like yes. she absolutely loved that. But this know? was something and, new and exciting for sure. him, and I feel that's a, a pitfall a lot of men fall into, just to feel that old excitement again. I think it's one of the best storylines in here. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying say, to defend him. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. He was 100% wrong. Yes. I will say they do stay together because we get to the one month later. But does she forgive him? Not, no, that's not, not yet. But I, I think, wouldn't think in a month. No, but no. I feel it is definitely ambiguous. Oh, you don't oh, feel that. You hope that. Yeah, because the one month later, he's coming off the plane, and yeah. the kids and her are there to greet him. They have a big sign painted that says, Welcome home, Dad. Yeah, I'm the not, kids are excited. Yeah. Yeah. So kids also have no idea. Clearly, yeah, exactly. Father was being exactly. So clearly, they the parents are still being parents. Yes. Right? Yeah. Chick fucks with dicks. Guys, we're getting way too fucking deep for a fucking chick <laughs> like this. <laughs> Why are my nipples so <laughs> sore? <laughs> Beer, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's the movie. <laughs> kind of running through some uh, fun facts here. What do you guys think the budget on this film was? Now, to give you an idea, the budget on the last film was, I think, 23 mil. And that was filmed around the same time. 46 yes. mil. It was 27 mil. You think 46? Okay. I'm going to say 60 million because, yes, it was all shot essentially in one spot mm-hmm. for the most part. But you also had a lot more star power in it. There was definitely a lot more star power. A lot more. Was. Actual budget was about 45 million what US was dollars. You said 60. You said 46. So we were much closer on this guess. We guessed like 100 on the last I one. I guess 75 yeah. mil yeah. for so, Red, yeah. Guess how much this one made worldwide? Um, I'm gonna say 25 mil, 220, 247 worldwide. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, so I'm this good one at was this. a huge hit. <laughs> there you are. Huge. Again, Christmas movie came out around Christmas time. Everyone's going to movies at that time. Yeah. Like I mean, it, 
I think the timing on this one helped a lot. Right. Also, it's a larger target audience than Sister Who the Trap. Talk to is. me about movies yeah. released past 2006. I got you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, yeah. Overall, so would you recommend this to somebody? Um, I would definitely recommend it to couples. Okay. Um, mainly to put their relationship in, um, in perspective. It was uh, recently Valentine's Day, and uh, it definitely let me reflect upon love in general, where normally I am by myself because most of the time I'm single. Ladies. Um, Ladies. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the love around me to where Valentine's Day doesn't suck so bad. But, you know, this, like I said, couples can put their own love in perspective. Yeah, I'd recommend the movie. Del? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm the one who recommended the movie for this podcast. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, yes, I recommend it. All right. I recommend it because I believe there is a character in here everybody will relate to. I, I would agree. And yeah. I would also think, add to that, that there's a character in here that you will relate to and a different character you'll relate to at another part in life. Absolutely, because watching this as a single man and watching this now as a married father, yeah, completely different movie, uh, some of the parts. Are you implying that being a father doesn't make you a man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's passed on manhood. <laughs> chick flicks with dicks. All right, so if you were to give it a score out of 10 as a chick flick, what would you give this? And in, in that regard, looking at whatever your favorite chick flick is as your yeah. number 10. I don't know. See... Well, I do absolutely love the movie. It doesn't hit all the ticks of a chick flick like we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. So I can't put it at a 10. Sure. Even though, you know, I initially want to. As a movie, you can rank it as a 10, but yes, not as a chick flick. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd really have to put it more towards like a 6. As a chick flick? Yeah, as a all chick right. flick. Uh, as a chick flick, uh, you know, I compare everything to Clueless. Um, <laughs> they didn't say as if one time. No. So I'm going to have to give this like a 3.2. Three points. You're giving it less than what you gave Sisterhood. Sisterhood's more of a chick flick. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I, I mean, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a movie. But you recommend it to people. As a movie, yes. Whereas you, you as said, a movie, no. I give it at least a seven. Okay. As, a, as a movie. Okay. But as a chick flick, 3.2. Solid, solid 3.2. <laughs> 5.78. Uh, as a chick flick, I think I would give it a, about a five and a half to a six. I, I think I'd be up there. I'm looking at the couples movie as a subgenre of the chick flick, you know. So it, it, in that regard, I, I think this is. But you're right; it doesn't check off all no. the ticks that I would be looking for. Again, my my pinnacle would be Ten Things I Hate About You, as far as an actual chick flick is okay. concerned. Chick flicks with ticks. All in all, you know, honestly, I'm going through some of the reviews and. A lot of them are about what we're saying. We're yeah, like, this is surprisingly enjoyable. What can they say that we haven't? Yeah, so with I mean, this one, I mean, this person gave him a nine. April 6th in 2004 said surprisingly enjoyable. I hate romantic comedies. I detest them. The romantic comedies make me cringe and I avoid them like the plague. So you can imagine the foul mood I was in. Did she say cringe in 2004? Yes. Ahead of her time. She coined it in this review. There you wow. go. Uh, when I was forced to watch this film. And the introductory voiceover by Hugh Grant as we watch an airport full of people hugging made me want to commit an act of violence. Uh, way too close to 9-11 to say Is that. Is this your soulmate? <laughs> no, like, I was about to say, like, Yo, holy girl, shit. Get this I, love this. I love this bitch. Either against the people who forced me to watch this film or against myself just to end the torture. <laughs> Guys, remember, she gave this a nine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see something she hates. 
<laughs> then the most unbelievably shocking thing happened, and I found myself getting sucked into the film. By the time I reached the end of the film, I found myself facing the impossible. There was one romantic comedy out there that genuinely is a comedy and actual, actually likable. No one was more shocked than I. If you're looking for a full-length story, this is not the film for you. I, I would agree with that. It's yeah. snapshots of the important events leading to the resolution of the couples involved and nothing more. Speaking as a cynical, misanthropic, Marmite-hating, romantic-comedy-hating member of the human race, I actually liked Love Actually. I think I love her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the reviews are that this is rated on IMDb at a 7.6 with 382,000 ratings. Jesus. Now, wow. to put that into perspective, Sisterhood had 50,000 ratings. So it, it holds well as a movie. Um, I'd say it holds great as a movie. Yeah, absolutely. D- I would definitely recommend this. So, uh, And what we're trying to do is keep track of the movies we've done. I am putting this as my number one over Sisterhood of the Trampling <laughs> Pants has now been bumped down to number two. Mostly because those are the only ones we've Sister done. Sisterhood can hold a title for a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. As always, feel free to check us out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Links will be provided. Thanks again. Have a great week. 